Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONECURCITYCAST20. This month, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler unveiled the operator of the city's first major homeless tent site, San Francisco-based nonprofit Urban Alchemy. With the first location opening soon over on the central east side and more camps to come, the $5.1 million a year endeavor is under a lot of scrutiny. So today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Piper McDaniel, an investigative reporter at Street Roots. Uh, that's a weekly paper that covers homeless issues. She's going to be breaking down what we know about the tent site plan and the wider implications it has in the city's homeless policy. It's Wednesday, March 22nd. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Thanks so much for joining us. It's nice to have you. I think this is the first Street Roots reporter we've had on, so this is exciting. Oh, exciting for me, too. Nice to be here. Will you remind us how the city came up with this plan to create uh, these giant tent camping sites last year and and how they're going to work? Yeah. So last year in November, Mayor Wheeler made an announcement that the city was going to pursue sanctioned camping. And so it was introduced along with some other resolutions, but the notable part of it was a 18-month phased um, camping prohibition was going to start being implemented, right? So there's... Mm -hmm this push where unsanctioned camping isn't going to be allowed. And at the same time, the the city is announcing these mass camps. At the time, the city had wanted to have up to 500 people in each of those camps, and that got winnowed down. So it was eventually passed in November by city council. And what they have agreed to is six campsites throughout the city that will host up to 150 people. Um, and city council can vote to up that to 250 if need be, but it has, a vote has to happen. On March 9th, Mayor Wheeler announced that Urban Alchemy would be the contractor that they were going to do this test run with. And then they also introduced their first site. And and with, with no real plans of the other five at this moment, right? They're just going to, it's a wait and see situation. In some ways. So the city is looking at other properties, but nothing's been confirmed. And then there's this question about needing additional funding. I'm not quite sure where those next steps are, um, except that, you know, the city at this point has said, we are going to do this, but how they're going to move forward with those plans, especially with the money is up in the air. Urban Alchemy is the operator now for um, this first uh, site. And I believe it's Central East Side. Um And I don't know if you were following the reporting of Nicole Hayden from The Oregonian, but she actually went to L.A. a month ago to check out the sites that existed there. And she did some investigative reporting and she uncovered some eyebrow raising practices and and situations. Have you heard about any of that 
Yeah. So there's definitely some controversy around urban alchemy. I know that, for example, they have at least five lawsuits that have been filed against them. And some of those are on the on behalf of individuals and some have been dismissed and some have been settled. But there's two that I think are like pretty notable in terms of what's going to happen in the city with them here operating our camps. Mm-hmm. One of those is a lawsuit about labor violations. Um, so it was a class action lawsuit. And it alleged that Urban Alchemy didn't pay employees for overtime, that they had a work structure where employees didn't get breaks when they needed them. And then that they also weren't providing accurate pay stubs. So employees weren't getting pay stubs that had the correct hours worked. Right. And I I don't know how they're going to staff for their site in Portland, but a lot of the staff uh, in the LA sites were either uh, ex-convicts or homeless themselves at one point because they thought that, uh, which makes sense that, you know, they would have more empathy for someone who feels like they're outside of society and they're starting from nothing. So if that hiring practice is going to continue and if that's what they did in LA and they weren't, and they were being a little shady, that means that they targeted a group that they thought couldn't fight back. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, just in that it's, it's, it's a vulnerable population of people, right? Yeah. Also in the lawsuit that I looked at at the time, the individual who filed the class action lawsuit was being paid minimum wage. Um, and so I wanted to ask Urban Alchemy about all of this. And I sent them like a roster of questions and I got some info back and others they didn't answer. I do know that in the budgets for the city of Portland, they're paying people above minimum wage and they get healthcare benefits. So that's important and good to know. Um, they're being paid living wages. So it was between $21 and $48 an hour. So the second lawsuit. So just to recap, we have like this first lawsuit that's alleging that they're not paying these formerly incarcerated people what they're supposed to be paid. And then mm-hmm. there's the second lawsuit. Um, and so this is a civil rights lawsuit. And what happened was a woman was in a public park in San Francisco praying you know, being quiet, not disturbing the peace, not being loud, not doing anything to anyone. And then urban alchemy employees harassed her and tried to make her leave. And then also at one point called the local police there and had them come on scene to try and remove this person. But what's key about this case is that they're not talking about just this one incident. So like in the contents of this lawsuit and in talking with this person's lawyer, what they say is that this is a pattern, right? And so the idea is that urban alchemy is under training people. And they have a couple of other instances that are described in this lawsuit. And they're basically saying like, okay, you have this organization, you under train these people, and then you put them in a position where they're essentially doing tasks that would normally be accomplished through law enforcement. Right. And so it's really like, an important critique where they're saying like these people are undertrained for the job that they have to do. So staff attend a UA Academy is what it's called. And it's approximately 40 hours of instruction in emotional intelligence, trauma-informed care, motivational interviewing, effective communication, de-escalation, advanced de-escalation, harm reduction, self-care and wellness, safety, CPR, first aid, aid, and the use of naloxone. Um, which is a lot in 40 hours. They do note that there can be additional trainings if the site requires it. And then there's also like a supervisory period for new hires, new starts. Um, But nonetheless, that's a lot to pack into 40 hours. Um, And when there has been a lawsuit associated with people being under-trained, 
it raises some questions. Yeah, it seems like it's the type of job that you really need to shadow someone in real life situations, not just whatever they're, you know, these hypotheticals that they're probably going to get, you know, in the 40 hour training. But there's also just the cost. It seems like this is going to be a lot more expensive than what was originally thought. Um, And this is just one site. uh, And I'm hearing that it's there's no it doesn't feel like there's an end. It's like, okay, this is going to start. And then dot, dot, dot. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no exit strategy here. (laughs) Like now we're going to have these campsites. Urban Alchemy is going to run them. And then what? Yeah, totally fair questions. It's a really expensive effort. And that has been, that issue has been raised in other places where urban alchemy is operating. So, you know, like in LA, there were homeless advocates there who were raising that question and saying like, okay, like, is the city spending a bunch of money on this temporary solution instead of investing in the long-term solution? But the annual cost for the 150 person site, so just the one, um, is 5.1 million for a year. And that doesn't include cost to the city, such as like site rental or liability insurance. And so Urban Alchemy themselves, like in their estimate that they submitted to the city, and I should note, this isn't the finalized contract, but this was their formal proposal. But they say the cost of monthly services for a 150-person camp, they estimated at $427,901. So if you carry that out for a year, just for that one site alone for one person in a bed, it's $34,232, which is, depending on your job, a, a total salary. Mm-hmm. 34000 like a little bit north of that, for one person to stay in a camp for a year. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Okay, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, I really want to hear the responses you've been hearing about these tent sites. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What other responses are you hearing about Urban Alchemy? From, you know, the community, from, you know, your, your co-workers, like, what is the vibe? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it runs the gamut depending on who you ask. But I know for homeless advocates, they're really skeptical of the organization. And beyond Urban Alchemy, just pretty skeptical about the venture in general, right? And regardless of whether or not Urban Alchemy comes and is able to, like, launch this and treat people well and be very successful... You know, homelessness advocates and homeless people themselves are not on board, for the most part, with mass camps. Oh, really? They, they don't want mass camps. And so it's kind of this idea where, you know, just beyond the organization the city has chosen, like people are skeptical about this effort. 
that said, that's not everybody, you know, so it is a mix. I think some people in the community, especially like, you know, there's businesses who've really been advocating to get homeless people off the streets. Um, And so there is like a community of people who are in support of this, you know, and then the city. Um, So at the press conference, Mayor Wheeler was really supportive of Urban Alchemy. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, he said that members of his staff and um, Commissioner Ryan and Commissioner Rubio had visited Urban Alchemy sites and all had like great growing, glowing reviews. So um, the city itself is really standing by their decision. Yeah. So what big questions do you still have about the city's homeless policy? I mean, I definitely have questions about how it's going to move forward and where they're going to get funding for it. And is this actually going to be a tenable thing? Are they going to be able to launch six more sites? Are they going to get the funding? And then just really meticulous questions, you know, like what is going to happen if somebody doesn't want to go to the sites, for example, if they are sweeping and someone doesn't want to go, then what are, what are the options? Mm-hmm. Are people going to be penalized if they are camping and don't want to go into these sites? What's the vetting process like per camp? You know, if they have like multiple camps, are there some camps where, um, you know, there's a better setup for services or that will work better for people? Just the logistics of it. It's a huge undertaking. Um, so really just lots of questions. But I think like the main thing is, you know, how's this first one going to go? And is there going to be money for the rest? Yeah. And I know that uh, Mayor Wheeler has been dodging the, we're already going to arrest. I have not heard any, any actual answers, just dodges. I mean, have you heard anything up to date? I, not in terms of that question specifically, no. Um, It's been my experience that the city is pretty quiet and reluctant to share details when I'm asking them for questions. I mean, there's a point where they make things public, but, you know, even I had been asking, where are these other sites? And even without having like specific addresses for where they're looking, you know, they could have said, we're looking at 12 and winnowing it down to five, or like, here's the part of the city there. And, you know, none of that's disclosed. And so in my experience, it's pretty hard to get these details until they want to share them. Well, thank you, Piper, for uh, coming on the show and, and uh, you know, giving us what you've heard uh I don't know, just a, I feel like because, you know, Street Roots feels like it's the paper of the houseless community in Portland. Um, so thank you. Thanks for having me. And now for your microdose of news. The Portland Art Museum has changed its policies after telling an indigenous woman to remove her traditional willow basket baby carrier. Dr. Sophie Weinstein, uh, who's an Oregon Health and Science University OBGYN and a citizen of the Karuk Nation, says museum staff repeatedly told her to remove the baby carrier during a visit to an exhibit of Native American art. So that's really embarrassing. The museum says it will now allow baby carriers of all kinds. And a bit of good news. City leaders are reporting some early success in reducing gun violence. According to Willamette Week, the Portland Police Bureau says shootings and homicides were down in January relative to last year. Uh, There were 127 shootings in January 2022. This year, they were down to 95. Homicides have also dipped from 9 to 6. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes.
That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoy the show, why not tell a friend or do us a favor? Just leave us a positive review. Uh, it really does help people find us. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. Slim's.